Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening and where you're you're listening. Regardless, thank you for listening. The show is NXT Talk, where we talk about all things NXT, whether it be level up, stateside, or UK. This is the show for you to get all the NXT reviews, results, etc., etc. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I am here with Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well, Boris. Results, reviews, and etc. Lots et cetera. of etc. in NXT. Lots of nonsense and bullshit and miscellaneous on uh, all three shows. Yeah, it's uh, it's the dog days of winter, and this is the dog days of wrestling right here. There's three bad to mediocre wrestling shows. Even UK, which we really usually love, wasn't the wasn't the strongest UK. But you know what? Spirits are high, buddy. I'm ready to go. I'm raring to talk about some wrestling, rip a couple of things apart, and uh, you know, just just uh, ready to do this thing. How are you feeling, big homie? Man, I'm good overall. I think uh, it's just uh, <laughs> the past few days. You probably have noticed I've just completely disconnected. I just needed a couple days, a couple Boris days, just to uh, recharge. And uh, just kind of tried to like lay low, uh, stay offline a little bit, um, and yeah. But here I am, feeling good. Yeah, I just nice. I, I've been way too social. I've been way too social. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you, man. Well, hey, you so you need to recharge the batteries every now and then. You need to sleep, big homie. So I'm glad that you've taken a couple of days for yourself to you know some Boris time. For, uh, to get to know Boris, and that's good. Uh, I got to ask you, did you go back and listen to our thing? Did you listen to our game tape on the Valentine's Day episode? <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. So apologies to anybody who sat through that. No, you know what? I think I, I think we held our, our own there. I think I did a decent accounting of myself. There is one thing that I want to take back, which is uh, the whole bit about watching TV. Let me tell you, if you're if you're sitting down to watch something on Monday evening and your girlfriend wants to watch, I don't know, The Voice, and you want to watch Monday Night Raw, the best move is to watch The Voice. <laughs> That's what you should do in that scenario. Uh, just want to clear that up because I was listening to myself and I was just like, Hmm, well, I disagree with that, <laughs> but <laughs> you know. But other than that, other than that, I think uh, I think we held our own in there, and I think I I think you know I I represented myself well. It was a fun chat, and we'll do it again in 360 days. Exactly, that's exactly it. We ain't doing that again anytime soon. But thank you to everyone who listened, and you know I gotta say two things. Number one, every time I feel like we've had a bad show. And I don't want to listen back because I think it's bad or whatever, right? You know, you get that gut feeling. Usually yeah. I'm wrong. Um, yeah, I, I've, I felt the same way numerous times as well, which is hilarious. Number two, every time I do think we've had a bad show, uh, it, it's typically our, our most listened to shows. Because let me mm-hmm. tell you this, my friend, last week's spam, uh, yeah, it's the most listened to. And, and, and the reason why I say that, not only did I see the numbers on like our BAM feed, but I know as a fact that a lot of my friends listen to this. That's fun. Yeah, like I said, like I didn't tell anybody in my real life about this. So if they listened, it's on their own accord. They found it on their own. And uh, I apologize. But uh, no, I, I don't know. It was, like I said, just a bit of fun at the end of the day. I do kind of feel like that embarrassment, like I overshared online. I don't I, I like I don't have anything to hide. But at the same time, it was, felt a little icky after doing it. It's not... 
it, but whatever. It's not like we said anything gross or terrible. You know what I mean? I just, I just felt like I overshared. Yeah. Well, whatever. It's, it's, it, it is what it is. That's why it's a once a year maximum thing. Hopefully, enough yeah. people forget about this by next year, so we never have to revisit that. But yeah. Um, how was your long weekend? Did you have a long weekend? I did have a long weekend. I had to, I got smashed at work yesterday to make up for it. But yeah, Monday was off. It was a family day. And yeah, I just, you know, just really chilled out, enjoyed some, uh, enjoyed some drinks. It was my, uh, my roommate's birthday. Actually, it was like the Tuesday. So we kind of just celebrated it on Monday. So had a couple, had a couple beverages and, you know, it was, it was good fun. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's, that's good. Um, yeah, no, no, that's really good. Like I said, like on, uh, I just kind of. First half of the weekend, I was a little too social, um, and then the second half, I just completely closed off, basically, yeah. which is exactly what I needed. And then Monday, like I, I w- wasn't even responding to like text messages from anybody, which is beautiful. Um, <laughs> Sometimes you got to go AFK, Boris. You no, that's exactly that's keyboard. Exa- that's exactly it, man. Um, but yeah, the, this week has just been incredibly busy at work too. Today's like the day where I've I I, I originally had something to do in the afternoon, but I kind of moved that just because again I just want needed some more Boris time, um, and then tomorrow though it's just gonna be jam packed like literally from like six a.m. to like four p.m. meeting after meeting after meeting. But say la vie. Yeah, so yeah, Bam is going to be a little late Thursday, but uh, it's still coming, Boris. We'll let you get a nap in, maybe eat some dinner, and uh, maybe we'll record. We will record Bam around dinner time, uh, so it'll be up late, like 9, 10-ish Eastern probably on Thursday evening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Cool, so might as well just get to business. We'll talk a little more about what's going on on Bam, Uh, but you know we have a lot of NXT to get through. Yes, sir. A very interesting episode. Some highlights, some lowlights. I didn't think it was very strong, but you know what? I did like this opening promo, Boris. Yeah, yeah, agreed 100%. Um, Yeah, so I don't know. Here we are, Road to WrestleMania's beginning. We have, what, six weeks until, like, 39 days until WrestleMania. 38 now, I guess. Um, So... I feel like as good as the buildup and the seed buildings and 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 and, and all of this uh, can be, I still think that like it's still a lot of time between now and WrestleMania, right? So there is going to be some slower times, and I kind of feel like you know yesterday's show was was just a build up to get into whatever they're going to start doing for Stand and Deliver. That said, you know we've seen much worse shows. We've seen much worse having and 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 also at the same time though, I kind of feel like I let a lot slide with NXT, especially stateside. Like yeah. you know, by no means are these shows fantastic, but I kind of judge them but on their own, on their own accord. I don't judge yeah. it between even dark, right? Like right. It's, it's like the NXT two curve, the rainbow curve, Boris. Yeah, yeah. But before we go into that the one thing we got to do i think we really need to evaluate our mad cat moss line very soon yes that's a really good call i think mad cat moss is safely an above average wrestler and maybe you could argue it's just drew mcintyre you know dragging him to these good matches because he's really only had awesome matches with drew mcintyre but he's had a couple really good ones and i think mad cat moss is an above average wrestler we don't need to be uh, taking shots at this guy who's working his ass off. He's really trying hard. Almost broke his neck in Saudi Arabia for our entertainment. 
Yeah, exactly. That's that's why I say it. It's like after that, like I was so tired watching that show on Saturday, and I, I like that instantly just woke me up. I'm like, holy shit, did I just witness a murder? Yeah. I yelled. I got up off my couch and screamed. I was literally standing up like, oh, no. Oh, my God. Like, it could have been bad. It could have been a career ender, man. And oh, yeah. you might actually you might actually be injured for all we know. Well, that's I the thing. Heard, like, Just because uh, you get up and you're fine doesn't mean shit, right? Like, you know. I, yeah, I, the adrenaline's I, going. You're in front of a crowd. There's the old adage, like, the show must go on. You know what I mean? Like, wrestlers, for the most part, unless you're Mystico, Sin Cara, you want to continue the match. <laughs> Exactly. That's exactly it, right? Like, and even like for me personally, like when I played a lot of sports when I was younger, you know, I there were times where like I had a like I remember once I continued playing as a catcher with a ripped hamstring. Oh, geez, that's crazy, Boris, with fucking broken collarbones and ripped hamstrings, a grizzled old veteran. Oh, dude, grizzled I'm, young I'm, gun. My body is like just absolutely destroyed. <laughs> Like, oh no! If you've ever taken oh, a look at my actual hands, like they're all like <laughs> no, crooked and broken. I can't say and, I have. Well, you've never you've, you've never glazed longly in my hand. <laughs> uh, no, sir, I have not. Maybe next time we chill, I'll gaze longingly at uh, at the Boris paws. But yeah, no, they're mangled, all torn. Oh, they're up. completely mangled. They're completely <laughs> mangled right now. Oh, my my shoulder just like getting worse and worse again. Um, yeah, just it's just just everything is falling apart. Anyways, Matt, let's talk NXT. We have three shows okay, to wait. get to because yes. we did watch NXT level up. Notice that I said we, because like I said, I did absolutely nothing over the past few days, so I caught up on nice. some good wrestling. Um, but before we get to business, NXT stateside, we're the young guns. We're done with star ratings. We have a rating system to jor, something that kind of reflects that episode of the week. Matt, what are you thinking for this week? Uh, well, there's a couple things. I feel like the biggest news coming out of this is Nikita Lyons, Leon's Lions, however you want to pronounce her name. So we can go Lions Roars. We can do something with uh, Bobby Roode's gimmick at the end of this show with the whole uh, mystery cameraman. I like that. Uh, evil cameraman out of five, maybe, is a good one. What do you think today, homie? Let's go. Braun Breaker rocking the Canadian tuxedo. Always an option. You know what? Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> Canadian tuxedo I, will always only- win. That's the thing. The only thing is, I feel like we've done Canadian tuxedos at least Who once cares? or twice on the show. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's our show, yeah, damn it. It is our show. And we are Canadians. Let's go with the Actually, denim. we're not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, technically we're both American, although I identify Canadian, yeah, Boris. I, I was raised here. I'll die here. Uh, I don't know. Knock on wood. But... Uh, <laughs> You see, I wish I could put the same guarantee, but seeing how I live my life. (laughs) Uh, You could end up in a ditch in, I don't know, Columbia? Who knows? Anywhere, fuck's sake, anywhere. (laughs) All right, yeah, let's get to this professional wrestling program. All right, so we're doing Canadian tuxedos out of five. Let's start with NXT stateside. So, as always, Wade, Wade Barrett. Vic Joseph are on commentary. Uh, NXT champion Braun Breaker with two Ks comes out in street clothes, a beautiful Canadian tuxedo. I love that you point out his chevron, how it has analog TVs. <laughs> that was It's very strange to me. I don't really understand the point, the reference if there is one. But yeah, his on, uh, on the Chiron on uh, Braun Breaker's little like custom nameplate, there's old school analog TV sets. Why? What's that for? 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, all right, so Breaker with two Ks. He talks about NXT going finally going back on the road to Texas for Stand and Deliver. See, this year, I guess, it's Stand and Deliver. It's not Stand or and or Deliver because it's going to be yeah, one not. show Saturday morning afternoon. <sighs> Fuck, that's yeah, be a man. Day. Can we talk about this for a second? Like, way to stack the deck against NXT. Your first show on the road is Saturday morning at eleven o'clock before WrestleMania, where a lot of people are going to be like focusing their time. Like, this is for the hardest of the hardcore. Like, this is a this is a weird one. I don't understand this uh, this idea at all. Oh, it's 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 very easy to understand. Very easy to understand. Please explain. What goes on around WrestleMania? A bunch of indie shows. There you go. That's exactly it. Let's take people away from the indie shows, put them to our own show. If people are going to be watching wrestling at 11, at like 9, 10 in the morning, might as well fucking watch our show. Well, it makes a lot of sense when you put it to me like that, but I just wonder who... It, it, like, who are they going to take? You know, like someone who's watching a GCW show or a hardcore indie, like some kind of FE show, let's say if he's putting one on in the morning or whoever it might be, right? I don't think NXT 2.0 is going to be taking them away. You know? Dude, it depends on the card. It honestly depends on the card. I'm not like, sure. I, I agree with you typically, but WrestleMania weekend is a weird weekend, right? Like, I just don't know. True. Who knows how many people are going to be traveling, right? Like, some people might yeah. be iffy on travel, so I don't know what's what the deal is this, exactly. Um, gotcha. Uh, yeah, let's get back to the promo, but I do feel like, personally feel like this one's a mistake. Big yeah. mistake. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see the closer we get. We'll we'll chat about this a little more later. Anyways, Breaker with 2K says he's walking into the show as champion and will walk out as champion. Dolph Ziggler makes his entrance to cut Breaker off. Ziggler said that Breaker shouldn't make promises he can't keep. Ziggler said Breaker will make it to stand and deliver, but he might not make it to the show as champion. Uh, Ziggler talked about how he is going to beat Champa and then take care of Breaker. Breaker asked for Ziggler to enter the ring so he can respond to that super kick from last week. Ziggler said Breaker being a hothead is his in is in his jeans, which is kind of funny because he's also wearing a jean jacket, you see. Double Anyways, Ziggler, whole lot, of, whole lot of denim on this man, Boris. Yes, Ziggler mocked Breaker's denim clothes for looking like uh, jeans and like a, the w w what he's wearing. Ziggler said that Breaker is the guy in Orlando. Uh, Ziggler asked Breaker to take the night off and not interfere in his match against Champa. And then he said that Breaker needs to sit back, watch Ziggler do what he does better than anyone else in the business. Yeah, which is lose matches to guys who are getting a stronger push. But uh, I actually quite, I quite like this promo. It was a good good showing by Dolph Ziggler. You know, if, if it's a long Dolph Ziggler promo, he's going to do a couple jokes that don't land. He Maybe he's going to stumble over his words a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's like, oh, that was pretty good. And that's the classic Dolph Ziggler promo here. Look, clear intentions here were announced, stand and deliver back on the road. Hype up the main event. That's all they did, and it was good enough for, what, like five, six minutes? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they set out to achieve a goal. They achieved that goal. It was like a solid single, maybe even a double down the line, you know? Not a home run, but solid, solid attempt. Put the ball in play. Yep, all right. This leads us into the first match of the night, which was L.A. Knight versus Grayson Waller with Sanga. 
So this one went a little longer than I thought it would. It went just under 10 minutes. But I have to say this, Matt. L.A. Knight, please move him to the main roster. He's yes. almost becoming the person who is criminally still in NXT. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's this face character. Maybe he just feels a lot more comfortable. But he has improved so much over the past few months. Yeah, working with Grayson Waller, who is motivated and doing good work himself, helps a lot as well. He's got a real feud, something to do, and that's always when LA Knight has been the best in his career. Uh, yeah, man, I, I agree. He's definitely a classic WWE mid-carder, which is in no way an insult. That's He's a really talented talker. He's not like Kenny Omega in the ring, but he's a WWE guy through and through, and he belongs on the main roster, should be there, should have been there months ago. Yeah, exactly. But what did you think of this match? It was solid, you know. Uh, L.A. Knight is—he—he's a solid hand, as they say. Again, that's not meant to be an insult. It could be worse. You could be Lash Legend, God bless her, in the ring. You know what I mean? Like he's a very good wrestler, and uh, Grayson Waller is becoming a very good wrestler. And they went ten minutes and had a pretty good match. I thought the finish was god awful, which hurt it slightly, but I would still say it was above average. Oh, the finish was 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 just horrible. It was just everyone seemed. Like, they forgot what they were supposed to do. From Sanga making the most awkward grab to an LA Knight. So this is what happened. LA Knight's going for the blunt force trauma. Sanga grabs Waller or Waller's arm over the rope to keep Knight from actually landing the finisher. Waller rolls Knight up in the most awkward way humanly possible. Handful of tights, apparently. I Maybe I missed that, but let's just say there yeah. was a handful of tights. And he gets the win. So, yes. so yeah, everything it was just, from it was... Sanga, even just grabbing Waller, to us talking about it, fumbling through this, you know, just everything, just super awkward. But Sanga grabbing Waller, uh, Waller rolling LA Knight, everything about this was just really awkward, and it actually, like, really did take a little bit off of the match for me. Yeah, you know what? I can I can definitely see that. I might actually have to change the rating here on the fly because I do agree with you. This finish was terrible. I think it all fell apart with Sanga just being late. But like, it, it, in if this were real, LA Knight would have seen Sanga coming a mile away. Like it made LA Knight look like a goofball. And then Grayson Waller just hit him with the lateral press, just laid on top of him, and then like rolled it rolled him up and pulled the tights but it, he just pinned him and won off like, of like a, a missed finisher it was just it was just bad well let's even start with the fact that the referee himself is staring right at sanga sanga's waiting <laughs> on the apron for his cue basically right referee's staring at sanga clearly seeing that sanga's holding waller and it's just like you know let me just go with the script yeah, exactly. So yeah, you know what? I'm the ending, the terrible finish did kind of ruin this match a little bit. So I would say it was a three-star match that got bumped down. So we're going to go two and a half Canadian tuxedos out of five on this one. It's no longer the Mad Cat Moss line, Boris. Officially, it is again the Mendoza line and we are on the lookout for the most average wrestler in the business to fill in the Mendoza line. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So, yeah. So, unfortunate. Yeah. It was a fun match that got ruined by the ending. Um, you know, I don't know what happened. It just it just happens sometimes. Right. Anyways, after the match, LA Knight beats up Waller. Sanga tries to cut in, but Knight laid him out with the blunt force trauma. Knight also hits Waller with a blunt force trauma. Uh, Knight kind of just uh, gets the upper hand here. So, it's just a very weird, I guess, like, you know, 
the point here is okay. Uh, it is going to continue this uh, feud. It's going to continue, and 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 eventually Knight's going to have his day. Yeah, and it seems like Knight's going to need a partner or some kind of backup here. I wonder who that might be. But uh, yeah, it really does seem like this feud must continue, Boris, and we're going to get a gimmick match down the line. Yep. All right. Dakota Kai, Crazy Kai, walks up to a sleeping Wendy Chu, uh, complaining about Chu not telling her that she signed them up for the Dusty Cup. Chu said that uh, Chu said she told Kai's friend. Uh, Kai said she's not good with friends, referencing her past partners as Tegan Knox, Raquel Gonzalez. Chu said things should work out because Chu is different. Chu left. Kai continues to talk to herself. Yep. Now, so, I mean, like we've said our piece about Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu. Wendy is very charismatic. Dakota Kai is trying, but I hate both of these characters. I just hate them. So. All right. Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett checked in from ringside. Barrett joked that Joseph was dressed up as the Fonz. Joseph ran through the women's Dusty Cup brackets. All right. <sighs> Fuck. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Almost spit coffee on my microphone. Toxic attraction are shown heading to the ring. Uh, and then we cut to... Okay, this isn't too bad. So, Cora Jade takes Raquel Gonzalez on an adventure, and they end up going to an adventure park uh, because this week's training was actually set up by Cora Jade. Gonzalez talks about having a fear of heights, and then we get a training montage of the two. I was just begging Cora to say the word like speed and agility, like part of like going on a rock wall or going rock climbing is to work on like she did say core strength, which is good, but just like also speed and agility because that's what Cora Jade brings to this team. But I really like this idea. Like we've seen Raquel do like the lifting weights and Cora basically like being the little yippy dog. But now Cora like took control and she's been booked badly like in, in the ring. She's kind of like been a loser, quote unquote, like just winning by complete Luke's more Mikey Whipwreck than Rob Van Dam. You know what I mean? Yep. But this is like, this is where they should put this character. She's in control. She's a badass. She's cool. She does her shit and she can handle her business. She's not just some starry eyed girl who's there by accident. You know what I mean? This is where the character should be. I actually like this a lot. I did too. I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed the, the, the dynamic between these two. They clearly have good chemistry. Cora Jade. Regardless of how shit the script might actually be, you know, she just knows she, she, there's just something about Cora Jade and this particular character. Yeah. And I think we have. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I, I definitely agree. She's she's super charismatic. She's got that it factor. And I think we have three teams who could win the women's Dusty Cup. And they're really pushing Cora Jade and Raquel strong here. It kind of seems they're getting the most screen time. They're getting the most backstage vignettes and stuff. But they're both huge stars, right? Like, this might be building their own match down the line more than it is their Dusty Cup victory. But we have three teams between them, Casey and Caden, and EO and Kaylee, who all could win. Yep, exactly. All right, the hardest working reporter in all professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, joins Toxic Attraction in the Toxic Lounge, which is an area above the crowd, uh, kind of set up to look like a, a VIP booth. Jane and uh, Dolan mocked Jade's training montage. Rose had Jane and Dolan's back and said that Jade and Gonzalez are dumber than they look if they think they can beat Toxic Attraction. Yeah, not, I mean, whatever. It was Toxic Attraction talking, but I do like the idea of the Toxic Attraction VIP lounge. That's kind of fun. That, that was a good, good little visual there. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, the visual is good. That's about it. And I mean, I, I mean that as the club <laughs> booth, the champions watching the tournament. You, you know, know Mortal Boris, Kombat I agree. style. <laughs> I would say I humbly agree with your analysis. The visual is good. For once, I don't actually mean it that way, which is actually <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Uh, all right, this leads us into the first Dusty Cup match for the women, and that is Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai versus Amari Miller and Lash Legend. We're off to a rough start in this tournament. A terrible match that goes two minutes and 44 seconds by my time. Io Shirai, God bless her, was trying really hard to make Lash Legend look good. But you can see, especially later on in the show, looking at Nikita Lyons, even looking at how far Jade Cargill has come and where she started, I don't think Jade was ever as bad as Lash Legend is. Like, Lash Legend... And she she is humongous. She is an excellent athlete. She has potential, but she is not ready to be on TV. She there's just like the music between the notes. I don't think she like really understands it at all. Do you know what I mean? Like at no point watching Lash Legend does it feel like she's in a fight or a contest. It just feels like she's I don't know. It just feels like she's doing a choreographed thing. She's like thinking of her next maneuver, like thinking of the next thing on the script for her to do. It's it's just it's the she's just not ready for TV. It's this the classic not ready for TV. I wouldn't give up on her. She's got a ton of potential, but man, oof, oof. Yeah. Okay, but here's the thing, Matt. NXT 2.0 has been around since September. That's six yep. going into seven months. At what point? At what point do you just say it's just not going to happen? Yeah, something. It's it might not be for you you know some things like don't click with everyone it's i don't know man and i'm the it's where, where the not last good. people that should That's ever be talking about anyone's athletic ability anyone's and love an life anyone's anything like we're the last yes. two people that should be talking about this stuff but yes you know seven months <laughs> she hasn't had much ring time to be fair on tv it, it sucks that they don't yeah, it sucks that they don't have like a house show loop, but yeah, she should be in the performance center having like 10 to 15 minute matches every single day, figuring out exactly like it was her, one of her first times on TV too again. So like it's, it's a different kind of energy. It's a different kind of nervousness. Maybe she'll settle in. I'm not saying give up on her yet. I hear what you say though. And I don't really have a strong rebuttal no, except I'm to say she has, up. she has a ton of potential still. Dude, in. I'm not saying she's, give she's up a on good her. talker too. Is she though? Is she though? Have you yeah, seen those right. promos with her? <laughs> Again, we we say every time that we watch it, like, oh my god, I can't believe that this is what she's reading. But I like her personality. You know what? She could be a female Trick Williams. She could be like that hype girl to a to a different act. Yeah, could be. We'll see. But right now, just not there. And 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 she sh this match should just not have happened on TV. This actually really really hurt my entire like enthusiasm for the show. Like you said, what? The match was two minutes, 44 seconds. Obviously, obviously, Kaylee Ray and Io win. Uh, Lash Legend, uh, she tags in and took a gory bomb from Ray. Shirai tagged in, gave Legend a moonsault. They both actually did a moonsault-ish thing, uh, and they ended up winning in a very short match. Matt, good luck rating this. Yeah, uh, one Canadian tuxedo out of five. Bad, bad, bad wrestling match. Not an affront to the wrestling business. Io Shirai, like Kaylee Ray, they're excellent wrestlers. They did they did what they could. Uh, Murray Miller isn't bad. She's perfectly fine. But yeah, Lash Legend is noticeably bad. She is she's the worst wrestler in WWE, and it's not 
really even close. Mm, is she better or worse than Dana Brooke? Hmm. Dana Brooke is Dana Brooke is, and I'm saying this with with all sincerity, miles, yeah, miles better than Lash Legend, miles ahead at yeah. this stage of the game. That it just and, and like man, you know what? I would be a shitty wrestler if you threw me in an NX. Actually, I, I think I, honest to God, think I might be better than Lash Legend. Uh, but I'm a very cocky, arrogant man. Uh, <laughs> but like, I would be, I would be a terrible plumber. You know what I mean? I have no fucking idea how to fix a sink. If you told me to go fix a sink, I would be fucking completely lost, and I would make a mess of things, and it would be a lot more embarrassing than Lash Legend was here. But she's bad at wrestling right now. Period. Anyway, we we don't need to spend much more time on this. You're the one talking. Anyways, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is with Dante Chen about facing Duke Hudson later on. Chen said last week may have been vengeance day, but this week he will get his vengeance. Chen said that Hudson can't sweep Persia Perota off her feet if he doesn't have feet to stand on. <laughs> it's a solid point. I mean, can't argue that. Good promo. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't bad. All right. Josh Briggs had a camera and said that he was going to help uh, Brooks Jensen recover from being in the friend zone. He said that he was going to record Jensen so he can get on a dating app. They showed Jensen failing at recording a dating video. So, like, if uh, if Charlie's dating video in Always Sunny is a 10 out of 10, this bit, this was like... Uh, the opposite side of the spectrum. This was the zero out of 10 execution of this bit, like the funny fake dating video bit. It's uh, It's been done a number of times. I don't think I've ever seen it done worse than it was on this night, Boris. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah I'm, I'm actually thinking as you're talking, it's like, nope, this is probably the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, yeah, zero out of ten comedy here. Just absolutely terrible. I do kind of like Josh Briggs. He's all right as like the aw shucks. Like, I'm just laughing at this whole thing from a distance guy, but not enough to save this. Yeah. All right. Duke Hudson's on his way out. He gets attacked by Dante Chen. Uh, they have a match. Match barely goes two minutes and twenty seconds. Not much here. Um, but somehow Duke Hudson recovers and ends up getting a razor's edge on Chen for the win. Yeah, I think Dante Chen is one of the weirdest pushes I've ever seen in wrestling because he gets awesome backstage vignettes that he does a good job in and then comes out to the ring and gets obliterated. <laughs> I have yeah. never seen anything like it. Even Malik Blade and Edris Anofe. Edris Anofe is on a, on a heater, man. Wait till we talk about level up. Like, there's never been a character like Dante Chen who gets the, the awesome backstage buildup and then either gets destroyed in a minute or is in a match where both contestants get destroyed in a minute by a third party. Like, this guy needs to win matches. He got squanched in this one. Just absolutely squanched in this match. Yeah, it's it's actually hilarious. Like, it's, I was, yeah, you said it best. How would you rate the match? Uh, yeah, so I just, I was, it was like a fine squash match, but just because Dante Chen is getting absolutely shit on in this brand, which I don't understand, I think it's a fail. I think you have to say it's a fail to like, just cause Dante Chen's kind of just become Spike Dudley at this point. You know what I mean? So we're going to go two Canadian tuxedos out of five below the Mendoza line for this one. I'm, I'm, I'm digging my heels in, but uh, Duke Hudson did look awesome. His finisher's pretty good. Splash mountain bomb. Yep. All right. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams are out. Melo reiterated his when I shoot, I don't miss catchphrase. Hayes said it was time for a celebration. 
Melobration, not Melabration. Yes. Melobration. Anyways, Carmelo uh, recaps his win last week and said that nobody was talking about Braun Breaker, the Creeds, or Pete Dunn last week due to what Melo did in the ring. Trick brought up Stand and Liver being on the road again. Williams said that America's champion will be in the same city as America's team, the Cowboys. Which... um. Yeah, man, I, I I'm liking this. I'm liking this act so much. Trick Williams is one of the very, very top, tippy top highlights of this show every single week. Guy is an incredible talker, and uh, he he had a decent match with Cameron Grimes here coming up. This act is fabulous. Please continue. Yeah, that one line where Trick Williams said, you know, call the cops because yeah, Carmelo has stole the show. The face that Hayes makes to Williams just killed me. Also, yeah, a slight backhanded reference to the whole acclaimed beef happening with Carmelo, right? Where uh, I, I, I think was it was it uh, Max Caster said this guy is the cops to Carmelo? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, it was. I think it was Bowens who said it actually. But yes, yes, yes. So anyway, a slight little, uh, slight little reference. It would be a lot of fun to see the forbidden door broken for that match. Although we'll we'll probably never see it until WWE <laughs> needlessly fires Mello and Trick in two months. I was literally gonna say. I was literally <laughs> gonna say. Don't worry. No doors need to be open because this match will likely happen in the next six months. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, WWE, you sweet beautiful bastard. All right. Pete Dunn comes out, uh, and he says that Mello is claiming to have beaten everyone, but he hasn't beaten Pete Dunn himself. Mello said he sees what Dunn is trying to do, but he can't make everyone famous. Dunn asked Mello for a match next week. Trick cut in and said that Dunn is sounding woozy from a cage match last week, and that Mello simply said no. Mello cut in and said he doesn't walk away from a fight. Trick continued to act like a hype man. Cameron Grimes comes out of nowhere, jumps Mello. Mello and Trick recouped at ringside. Yes, sir. So Pete Dunn versus Mello coming up on NXT. That'll be a good match. We've already seen that match. It was great. And Dunn is one of the few guys to have a win over Mello here in NXT. So that'll be, I assume Carmelo's getting that W back. That'll be a really good one, though. Uh, Yeah, liked it a lot. Yep, so the next match actually starts during the break. Uh, we see six minutes of the actual match, and that's Cameron Grimes versus Trick Williams. All right, we have talked. Similar to the rant that we had about Lash Legend, Trick Williams was someone that just we just did not like in-ring. But honestly, maybe it's because he's facing Cameron Grimes. Maybe it's because he's learned a thing or two over the past however many months. But this match is actually not too bad. Yes, yeah. Trick Williams in this match is is exhibit A of why you don't give up on Lash Legend. Trick Williams was right there with Lash, like completely lost in the ring. Brooks Jensen is another one who looked completely lost in his first couple of appearances on NXT and now is perfectly fine, like at least understands kind of what he's doing and feels like he's in a contest at all times. And Trick Williams, this was this was Trick Williams' best performance by leaps and bounds. He is starting to understand like the nuances and it seems like he's in a match the entire match. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, but there's one thing that Trick Williams always has always had, and it's the intangibles about wrestling, the yes. the character, the faces, you know, the the, the that acting uh, part of the wrestling business. I feel like he's always had that. So if you uh yeah, if you were giving him a charisma rating, it would be a plus, not a not a minus, a plus charisma on Trick Williams, and that comes across at all times. Yep. All right, so Grimes hits Williams with a super kick. Grimes hits Williams with a crossbody to the face. Grimes then hits Williams with a cave-in and ends up getting the win in about six minutes. Again, match started during the break, so we'll, we'll give it six minutes plus. Yeah, yeah. So it was your average WWE match. We're going to go two and a half tuxedos out of five right on that Mendoza line. But... In saying that, that's the best match of Trick Williams' career so far, and it's it's really good that he could actually have a, a competent wrestling match at this stage in the game. That's that's awesome. It's a, it's a huge win in my opinion. Right, and but this okay. So this is right now at the point where I'm like, okay, as a wrestling show, this is not a good thing whatsoever. It's not good at all. This isn't good at all. But watching these match individually, watching someone like a Trick Williams and his development in developmental. You know, there's something to be said. There's something to appreciate about this show, right? Like, I, I I kind of break the show apart in terms of every segment. But, like, you know, from from, from 8 to 10, 10 p.m. as a show, it's not that good. Maybe NW, nah, NWA is still shittier. But, but, <laughs> but, you know, it's not the best wrestling show. But kind of watching these people... And certain acts develop into whatever they're going to end up being. You know, I, I take some appreciation in that. And I kind of like that's maybe why I didn't say I hated the show. Was it a good show? Hell no. But there were standout pieces, right? Watching Trick Williams actually be able to wrestle. Watching, as we're going to talk about in a little bit, Nikita Leon's uh, Lions do what she does. You know, again, some appreciation out there. Yeah, no, yeah, well put, man. It is, it's a tough watch uh, week by week, but if you are watching, and we've watched closely since the start of 2.0, you do see these guys actually develop, and it is very rewarding. Yep. All right, Briggs and Jensen have more stuff going on. Jensen was saying bad pickup lines to the camera. I don't know why they gave this so much time, but here we are. Yep. Yeah, is the, was this the one where Fallon came in, or did they do a third? I think they did a third. Oh, lordy. All right, well, more of this to come. Yep. All right, Tommaso Ciampa. Okay, Tommaso Ciampa, he is built like a freaking machine right now. I know he's always been, like, in great shape, but lately he is just looking unreal. No, he's like... Yeah, like shredded like a bodybuilder, like, like like a Greek god. Like between him and Finn Balor, holy shit! I <laughs> think abs for days. Yeah, they should. Yeah, ab feud them. Winner faces Rick well, Rude. Well, I don't know if you know this because this just goes to show you don't watch wrestling <laughs> or sorry, you don't watch Raw. They tag teamed on Raw. Amazing. There you go. <laughs> I do not watch Raw. You can't make me. I know. That's why. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so Tommaso Champa's lifting weights backstage. Braun Breaker with two Ks wishes Champa luck. Champa kind of just ignores them. But who the fuck bothers someone as they're lifting weights? Come on, have some respect, Breaker. Champa told Breaker that they have a, uh, they both have won once against each other. Breaker said he's looking forward to the rubber match. 
Yep, perfectly fine promo. Ciampa is so, so great. I'm glad he's getting a shot on Monday Night Raw. I'm pretty surprised that it's happening. But maybe I need to watch some Raw, because I would actually watch Ciampa uh, on Raw if he was being pushed well. You know what? Just watch. I think it was it happened the first, like, 40 minutes. So just, you know, it's on the PVR. You know what to do. Yeah, maybe I'll fast forward through it. Yep, all right. So, <laughs> okay. Andre Chase. We got an Andre Chase University skit. He says this week's lesson is intentional fortitude. Intentional fortitude. Intentional fortitude. Chase talked about Von Wagner not having the balls to face him. One student talked about Chase possibly losing to Wagner. Uh, Chase cursed out that student. Uh, Bodie Hayward cheered on Chase. I didn't, like, I wrote notes really quickly, but I absolutely loved this. Yeah, this was really good, actually. The crowd seemed to like it, too. It was a backstage segment, but the crowd was cheering, and they were right along with it. Intestinal fortitude. That's yeah, for that, That's it, why I kept repeating myself. I was like, that's not the word. Just <laughs> what no. I, it it yes. auto-corrected. Yes. Intestinal fortitude. Fortitude inside of your intestines. Uh, but yeah, no, this was pretty good. Chase University is strangely over. People love this act. Yeah, and I kind of like this version of Andre Chase where he just like, you know, in the middle of his lesson just has a freak down. He, he's definitely uh, gotten over with the whole swearing at his students gimmick. Somehow it's made him a baby face. Yep, go figure. All right, Nikita Lyons makes her entrance uh, and she goes up against Kayla Inlay. Yes, so I feel like we've come a long way as wrestling fans that the main comment about Nikita Lyons gear was, oh, I don't know if she'll be able to wrestle him that long term and not, holy Lord Jesus Christ almighty. Um, but yeah, so Nikita Lyons is basically Sonya Blade, except she's also a singer and a dancer and a model. And uh, I don't know, She's we've said it before, but she's Manic Pixie Dream Heel. But I, I think she's got limitless potential. She's a good athlete. She's not like Casey Catanzaro, but she's a really, really good athlete. She's got the incredible, unique karate, like kung fu offense. She's kind of like a Malachi Blackish in a little bit. She's she's extremely unique, incredible look. She's Sonya Blade. She's in, she's she's the next one, Boris. We're looking at a future NXT Women's Champion. You heard it here first. They're gonna put the belt on this girl. She's going far. I could see her against Ronda in two years. Honestly, 100%. 100%. Um, she has charisma, just some natural charisma. Um, and, 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 you know, we made the comparison last night via text. You know, now we know why they easily got rid of Frankie Monet, right? Like, basically the uh. same build, same character. You know, uh, Nikita Lyons just reminds me like like a character out, out of Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, you know? Entertainer by day, ass kicker by night. Absolutely. And she has Mortal Kombat offense. She won with a 360 roundhouse kick and a leg drop into the splits. Yeah. Yep. The match was That's four pure minutes. pure Johnny Cage. Yeah. The match was four minutes. Maybe Kayla Inley got a little too much offense, but you know what? It's fine. This match overall worked. It was short. Kind of showed uh, all of Nikita Lyons' moves. I think it was a well-done debut. Yeah, it was like perfectly fine debut. It was they I think they did extremely well. I am I am very intrigued with Nikita Lyons. This is one of the few acts who showed up and, and I was like, oh instantly, oh, this this person is a star. It reminds me a little bit of Braun Breaker. And uh 
yeah, I, I think the sky's the limit. I hope they put a rocket on her back, and I hope she, you know, is pushed to the moon, as it were. I would go as high as three and a half Canadian tuxedos out of five. You can tell me this is the best thing on the show, Boris. This was great. It worked extremely well. All right, let's not get let's not get carried away. The main event. Was I wouldn't better say than that, this. but you could you could tell me. You could tell me. <laughs> you can tell me whatever you want. Oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll call you an idiot to your face, but you can tell me whatever you want. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Duke Hudson was in the locker room. Persia Perota tried to congratulate Hudson, but Hudson pulled her in, makes out with her. Indy Hartwell walks in, said it was gross. Uh, Persia walks off. Hudson said that Hartwell used to love those kisses. Hartwell said that was a long time ago between them. Hudson said... It doesn't have to be. The camera pans over to Dexter Loomis, who just hung his head in sadness. Uh, strange reaction from Dexter Loomis. Not traditional wrestling babyface. I feel like traditional wrestling babyface punches Duke Hudson, right? Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, it's a very weird segment. Uh, are we to believe that Duke and Persia are secretly dating, or was that assault that just happened on our on our television? Show? I think. Uh, you know, you know, I think that was another uh, another call to HR that we should make. Yeah, man, yet another crime on NXT 2.0, a bad one. Uh, but yeah, so uh, but it was a promo. It was some character building. Eventually, we are gonna see Persia Parada going heel with Duke Hudson. My guess is that Indy goes heel too and joins them, and it's an all Aussie stable. A throuple, I'm telling you, it's leaning yeah. that way. It's leaning that way. All right. Uh, Robert Stone is with Von Wagner, Von Forehead. Uh, they're shown in front of a black, bl- a black backdrop. Stone said that Chase is stupid for challenging Von Wagner. Stone said that Chase is going to leave out of, of uh, leave out of this match next week, filling filing for permanent disability. Stone said that this is Von Wagner's world. Wagner said, "And you're just living in it." Needs a better catchphrase, but perfectly fine promo from heel manager Robert Stone. You know what? I'm digging this version of Robert Stone a lot. Yeah, same. He just needed to tone down the wacky a little bit, and he has. He's still entertaining. He's still bombastic, but he's just not, like, screaming like a chicken with his head got off running around the ring like a complete fool. Yep. All right. Alicia Taylor introduced the Dusty Road Classic winners, the Creed Brothers. The Creed Brothers and Malcolm Bivens made their entrance. Bivens talks about Imperium being good, but not having NCAA or Olympic accolades like the Creed's. Bivens talked about how Imperium claimed to be fighting champions, but haven't defended their titles in weeks. Bivens said that Imperium are turtleneck wearing uh, and wiener schnitzel eating bitches. Uh, <laughs> Bivens just steps up, casually delivers the best promo on the entire show by a grand chasm. Just just knocks it out of the park. Bivens was on fire tonight. Yep. Uh, Gunther, Bartel, and Aikner make their entrance. Uh, Gunther told Bivens to show Imperium respect. Bivens called Gunther Gunna. Uh, Gun- Gunther said it's pronounced Gunther. Imperium entered the ring. The Creeds brawled with Bartel and Aikner. Uh, Gunther was about to attack Bivens, and this is when Sola Sokoa shows up, knocks Gunther out with a super kick. Bivens gives Solo a nervous thumbs up. Yeah, the, the shaky hand thumbs up. Very cheesy, but I laughed. Uh, it's wrestling at the end of the day, you know. But, uh, yeah, Malcolm Bivens, just just a highlight. I was surprised at Sokoa laying out Gunther, though. That was a pretty big push for uh, for baby use here. 
Yep, agreed. But you know what? Why not? Like they say, you know, he he came like well, he's gonna talk about this, but he he came looking for the big dog, uh, funny enough, and and he took him out, right? So I kind of like this. Yeah, absolutely. It puts Solo Sokoa at a level, and they've been pretty careful, like telling you Solo's a big deal. Like he doesn't lose very often. He's not undefeated. Is he undefeated still? I think he might I don't be. Know. I don't remember. Uh, for some reason, I feel like he lost one, but yeah, I'm not staring at his record right now. But uh, yeah, a huge push for Baby Use here. Yep. All right. So uh, Fallon Henley meets up with Briggs and Jensen. Yeah. We're still trying to record Jensen's dating video. Henley said, all you need is a profile picture for the dating app and not a video. Jensen asked Briggs why he went through all the effort of putting a video together when they didn't have to. Briggs has said that Jensen's bad love life is an odd form of entertainment to him. Well, it's funny because we just did that exact thing, basically. So I can't really make fun of this segment too bad at the end of the day because we were Brooks Jensen, not uh, not but one week ago, Boris. Uh, anyway, yeah, no, I do. Uh, this is pretty bad. I'm glad that uh, it uh, Fallon Henley finally showed up and actually was like, "Hey, like, we, no dating site requires a video." I don't know what the hell you guys are doing right now, but it makes no sense. Like, just let me take a picture and I'll put it on Tinder for you. So, I don't know. I, out of all of these three never-ending skits, the best part was Fallon Henley just going, "Hey, this whole thing's dumb." Yeah. I don't know what the end game here is going to be. I don't know. Do I care? I don't even know if I care. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's just something to do. The end game appears to be him ending up with Caden, right? Like they're trying to push a will they, won't they? But it's not. It's not landing yet. Yeah. All right. So. Dolph Ziggler was shown getting ready for his match against Tommaso Ciampa. The hardest working reporter and all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, uh, showed Joe Gacy and Harlan footage of Draco Anthony working out at the Performance Center at 2.39 in the morning. Uh, Gacy and Harlan showed up to antagonize Draco. Gacy downplayed their interaction. Yeah, Gacy being super creepy in this promo, but I kind of I like it. Uh, it does seem like... Gacy is uh, going to add a man to his stable here pretty soon. Yep, that's what it's looking like for sure. All right, so the next match is for the Women's Dusty Cup, and that's Casey Canzaro and Caden Carter versus Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley. I was kind of a little disappointed because after watching Level Up, Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley actually won a match, and Tatum looked all right. And I was like, mm, I wonder if they're going to add her to Diamond Mine. But uh, nope, nope, that's not what happened. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Uh, yeah, so this match only went 3 minutes, 26 seconds. Um, Kanzaro and Carter hit Paxley with their 450 DDT finisher for the win. And uh, pretty pretty easy going match. It wasn't yeah. good. It wasn't bad. How would you rate this match, Matt? Yeah, a couple things of note. I think uh, the Motor City Machine Guns used this move. It was the rude awakening with a partner coming off the top rope with the yeah. 450 splash. Uh, so that's their finish. I like that move a lot. It looks, it looks like a worthy tag team finisher for sure. It looks devastating. Uh, match was not very good. I did love at the end when Ivy Nile was just like, ah, fuck this bitch. and just choked her out, beat the shit out of her own partner, Cactus Jack style. And, uh, that was the end of, uh, Tatum Paxley's, uh, cup of coffee in the diamond mine. Also, Boris, worth noting, if you're if you got Casey and Caden to win this tournament, they had new gear, 
and a new entrance where they shoot blastery dudes, bazookas into the air like China used to. Yep. So they're getting they're getting a renewed push. I think they might be winning this tournament. It's it's tough right now. I personally, if I was booking, I would I want to see Casey and, and Carter win. I think that they should win. Right. I don't know. I like this. Uh, you know what? It, it's uh, we kind of you kind of knew where the men's tournament was going to go. Yeah. Uh, the women's still up for grabs, which exactly it's not a good thing per se. But it's also not a bad thing. No, I think it's a good thing. I like it a lot. But yeah, so uh, this match uh, kind of sucked. We're going to go two Canadian tuxedos out of five. Good effort. Uh, not a good match. Yep. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is with Solo Sokoa. Uh, Sokoa talked about how he dropped Gunther on his ass. Malcolm Bivens showed up and told Solo to take out Gunther next week. Bivens wanted a high five and said, you got the juice, oos. Solo left Bivens hanging. Bivens again, just the MVP of this show was Malcolm Bivens. He's the first star of this, the gold medalist of this NXT program. Yep. Oh, by far. You know, Bivens has had it rough a few weeks, but lately, honestly, since the 2.0 era, he has just been so effing good. You know what? Next week, I've got an idea for a gimmick. Let's each do our top five success stories of 2.0. Let's let's try to let's try to have a positive spin on next week's show. And I think Malcolm Bivens would probably make my list. All of Diamond Mine, in my opinion. Yeah. Anyways, we'll talk about that next week. But, all right, so L.A. Knight cuts a promo about how Waller cheated his way to another win, but Waller and Sango were left lying by L.A. Knight. I feel like the uh, the positioning of this promo kind of screwed the fans up. If if they would have done it, I don't even know where to do it. But he's like, L.A. Knight just came in, spoke really quick, and then did his catchphrase. It was like the crowd wasn't ready to do the catchphrase. They caught it on at the end. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. L.A. Knight is a really good promo. This was fine. Yeah. He kind of rushed through it, too, right? He kind of just yeah. said his deal. I think time was running out because, remember, feels like Dolph Ziggler was already in the ring. Like, they yes. were ready for the main event. So, yeah. 100%. Feels like a 90-second promo he had to do in 30. Yeah. That's exactly it. Kind of how we're rushing this actual show for some reason. All right, so main event time. Dolph Ziggler versus Tommaso Ciampa for a title shot at the NXT Championship. Yeah, so, I mean, I was pretty high on Nikita Lyons, but objectively, this was the best thing on the show. It was a very, very good wrestling match. Over 15 minutes, two veterans. They really, uh, they started slow, picked it up at the end. It was WWE style, but they are uh, incredible performers both. So, this is very, very, very strong main event to close NXT. Yep, the storytelling was also great. Champa did a great job of selling that arm. Um, you know, like, they, Champa's selling is just, like, some of the best in WWE period. Oh, absolutely. His work across the board. Promos are great. His look is incredible. He's an awesome wrestler. If he was 6'4", he'd be a multi-time WWF champion. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, so the, the story was essentially Champa lost his arm and how was he going to actually beat Ziggler? Uh, so at one point Champa hits Ziggler with a uh, air raid crash on the apron. Champa tosses Ziggler back in the ring, but a cameraman hits Champa with his camera. Ziggler hits Champa with a super kick, ends up getting the win in 15 minutes 40 seconds. I like when a super kick ends a match, just like what I love when a Canadian destroyer actually ends the match. And yes, he got hit with a camera as well. But uh, yeah, I love the finish of this cheesy WWE, classic WWE. But again, if it works, it works. And Ziggler planted a super kick on him, got a three. I liked it. 
you know, there's something. Okay, so you, I think you said it best. It's cheesy, it's classic, it's been overdone, but if it works, it works, right? You know, how many times does AEW, ROH, whomever else, do the simplest wrestling stuff, the simplest wrestling tropes, and everyone's fine with it because it just works and it makes sense from a storyline point of view. WWE, for some reason, they try to change things up. They try to swerve you. They try to be different. And oftentimes, these stuff just like make no logical sense. So I love the fact that when you know you bring in someone, a masked person, you know, they unmask it, and it's the most obvious person. In this case, Bobby Roode. You know, there's I, I have zero issue with that. Yeah, and you had to know Bobby was showing up at some point. NXT legend, former NXT champion, great Canadian boy, Bobby Roode. So, yeah, I was excited to see him. And next week, we're getting Breaker and Ciampa versus the Dirty Dogs on your NXT television program. Yep. Um, the ending of this show was also great because uh, Breaker comes out, and then a, a, all four of them just, just go at it to end the show. Yeah, and yeah, and it sets up the uh, main event next week. So I, I thought the uh, yeah the main event was the strongest part of this show. Nikita Lyons was really good, and Malcolm Bivens was the MVP. Otherwise, a pretty bad NXT. But it's like you said, it's it, it's developmental. This is a a mediocre show on the road to WrestleMania. It's totally fine. You know, I'm not gonna cancel the WWE Network over it, but uh, wasn't good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, did you rate the main event? Uh, three, no, I did not. Thank you for reminding me. Three and a half Canadian tuxedos out of five, and that might be underrating it. You can say I should have bumped it up to a B plus, even a even a four star, but I, I'm going to go solid three and a half tuxedos out of five. Yep, it was a pretty good show. All right, so that was NXT this week. Like you said, wasn't good, but like I say, if 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 you take a look at the show segment by segment, there were good things happening. There is good development. We got Nikita Lyons uh, coming out. Uh, you know, the Dusty Cup is at least intriguing in the sense that we don't know who's going to end up winning. And we're starting the road to stand and deliver. Yep. Yes, sir. Okay. So, yeah, quickly, let's just talk, just do a couple seconds on Level Up. We both watched the show. Uh, first of all, what did you think? How did you, uh, how did you like it? It was, it was NXT's main event. It wasn't bad, you know. It, it's it's a quick hour and it was fine like it was fine for what it was i kind of like seeing people who we don't see on nxt tv actually getting matches yeah it was nice to uh to see uh, someone like idris Sanofe get some long quality time in the ring with a kushida who's an incredible in-ring wrestler uh agreed how did you think you feel about the commentary um I personally really enjoy Nigel McGuinness. Like I think I think he's really good. Uh, this pseudo shy guy, uh, he's not bad. I think he'll grow on me. Yeah, he's uh, just like a young lad. Looks like he's like you know under twenty five. Pseudo Shaw, but he did a pretty good job. Him and Nigel, uh, they hopefully they stay together and can develop some chemistry. Nigel's pretty good. I wonder if one of or both of Nigel and Wade Barrett are going to get a look on the main roster because I think Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett are a better team than anything on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, I agree. No. Let, 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 you know what? Let's leave what's good in NXT <laughs> to NXT, the stuff that can stay in NXT. You know, the, Agreed, actually. Just, yeah. There's something, you know, as NXT is going to be the revolving door of people coming up, you know, there needs to be some consistency. And if that's going to be, you know, your your show hosts 
uh, you know, then so be it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, please, for the love of God, they're doing good work. Please don't take them away. But yeah, if if this was a fair world and the best people were in the best places, they would be the commentary team on Raw. Yep, all right, so let's get to NXT level up. So Joe Gacy and Harlan are, are out. Gacy kind of hints that they are going to grow the stable, and the first match was Harlan versus Javier Bernal. Yeah, Harlan beats the shit out of this man, Javier Bernal, who has been uh, heretofore unseen, I believe, on NXT TV. I think this is the first we've heard tell of Javier Bernal. Harlan wins with like a blue thunder bombish thing. I don't know. What would you call that? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I wrote blue thunder bomb-ish thing. So uh, dominant victory for Harlan. Maybe it's a, a twisting Uranagi. No, it's a, uh, a, a protoplex. Yeah, it's kind weird. Of, kind of but situation. It, it looked yeah. fine. But what did you think of this match? Hey, I mean, it was a basic WWE squash. They're pushing Harland pretty hard. I, I, he needs more ring time, but he's okay. I like his beat the opponent's head into the ring uh, spot. He's all right. Yep. All right. Second, uh, how would you rate it? I uh, Probably let's go uh, two levels out of five. Jesus. All right. Uh, second match was Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley versus Kayla Inley and Fallon Henley. This was actually pretty good. I didn't hate this at all. Ivy Nile's coming a long way. Uh, Kayla Inley is 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 a scrappy little uh, jobber type. You know, she's like an, a lower mid carter who loses a lot, but she's she's figuring it out in the ring. She has a lot of energy. We definitely like. There's something to this Kayla Inlay. I quite like this match. I was kind of excited for Tatum Paxley, too, for her first appearance. She looked all right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the women's division is going to be just fine in, in NXT and WWE. Like, they have some pretty good up-and-comers, for sure. Um, but this match, I liked it. I liked it a lot, you know. And, and Ivy Nile, I still think that this is the year of Ivy Nile. Yeah, she, she kind of held this thing together. One clean, dominant in the end with her... Uh, Hands clasped behind the back, dragon sleeper. And maybe I'm being a, a little too generous to this one, but yeah, I was very impressed with all four people. I'm going to go as high as three ups out of five. It's a 60% old man in the movie up percentage. <laughs> all right. And the main event was a match that surprised me. Two people oh, who man. I never would have thought to want to be in the ring together. And that's Kashida versus Idris Enofi. Dude, I really enjoyed this match. Ah, I mean, like, objectively speaking, low on the list of Kushida's matches of all time because he's had matches against incredible, incredible Hall of Fame-level wrestlers. Like and Santos this was Escobar. A, <laughs> and this was a guy who was just starting out. But Edris held his own. He looked really good. And Edris Onofe defeated Kushida clean in the middle of the ring with a shooting star press that looked like he landed knees first on Kushida's groin. It looked like he'd need him right in the balls and it hurt a lot. Yeah, it did 100% look like that. <laughs> but yeah, so I, a shockingly competitive match that Idris won clean in the end and a true kicking the balls for Kushida fans, literally and figuratively. We're going to go three level ups out of five. It's, uh, it's a solid 60% best thing on the show. Right. All right. Let us jump the pawn and talk about the last NXT show of the week. All right, 
It's NXT UK Corner. Typically speaking, Matt, yes. this is our favorite hour of wrestling each and every week. I, I think WWE didn't get the memo last week. <laughs> you know what? It's a testament to this great show that what was a perfectly fine and acceptable fun hour of wrestling, I think it beat the shit out of 2.0 actually still having looked at both shows. Uh, it was one of the worst UKs that we've ever reviewed on the show. It was it was low on the list of UKs I've ever seen. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't good at all. Um, but it wasn't bad. But it just wasn't good. Um, you know. Yeah, there was. Yeah, when they, they usually find... have a. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say they usually have the old NXT formula of great match to start, great match at the end, and actually some good and interesting character work in the middle. This kind of didn't have the great match to start and didn't have any good character work, although it did have a really solid match to end. Yeah, when I find myself actually taking notes during NXT UK, that's how I know it's not a good show. Because <laughs> usually you're pretty enthralled, right? You're actually like watching like, the show. I'm taking notes, but it's secondary, right? But when I'm noticing yeah. what I'm writing, that's how I know that I'm not really paying attention to stuff. Yeah. And just, it was, yeah, it was kind of similar to the 2.0 show uh, this week in that it was just advancing storylines. It was just kind of progressing from A to B. A lot of stories are in the middle right now, and that's we get sometimes we get a less exciting show. Yeah, and another thing that I noticed, match times. When 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 the when NXT UK has like, you know, these ten minute matches, the show just feels great because they give them time to develop, they give them time to tell a story, uh, to to perform their art. But this week, you know, the first match was barely four minutes. Like I'm looking at these match times that I have in my notes, and it's just like they just like they rushed through this show. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, I actually didn't time the matches this week, so I'm glad you have those, homie. And uh, yeah, lots of squashes this week. Yep. All right. So the first match of the night was Sam Gradwell versus Kenny Williams, and this match only went three minutes and fifty seconds. Um, Gradwell came close to a win after a clothesline and a leg sweep, but Gradwell ducked the clothesline attempt and rolled up Williams for the win. Um, Kenny Williams. One of the best heels, period, in WWE. Yeah, he came, yes, came out doing the old heel gimmick. Jerry the King Lawler used to do it all the time, where he comes out on crutches, announces he's unable to compete, but Sid Scala appears on the big screen, Boris, and uh, Deus Ex machinism into this match. Kenny Williams is indeed okay. And, uh, yeah, then he jobs in three minutes. Yep. Post-match uh, was fun, though. Yeah, but then after the match, Williams attacked Gradwell with his crutch. Uh, Williams grabbed some scissors, cut Gradwell's mohawk off. That bastard. Yes, and I love a heel who just does something just to be a dick. You know what I mean? Like, these guys didn't have a, a serious personal beef, but Sam Gradwell embarrassed Kenny Williams, and Kenny Williams is a piece of shit on the inside of his heart, so he went and did the worst possible thing he could do to this guy, shaved off his mohawk. I love this this segment. This reminded me of like the best kind of old school wrestling vibes. Like Kenny Williams is a great character. Yep. Just no redeeming qualities to this man. Exactly. So how would you rate this match? I would go uh, three, uh, you know, uh, supernovas out of five. It's a 60% no Amdar percentage because mostly because of the uh, closing angle there. We're going to use that to bump it above the line because that, the angle was awesome. And yep. we tend to rate the angle and the, and the pre-match and the whole shebang. So... All right, so Gallus was laughing uh, at their, uh, you know, uh, what they did to Jordan Devlin last week. Wolfgang said he 
he wasn't laughing and was going to be serious in the ring uh, with Devlin a little later in the show. Yes, sir. Perfectly fine. These uh, the Gallus boys do a good job on the old stick. Yep. Uh, Zaya Brookside took offense to the TMZ interviewer asking her if she was a role model like Amal and stormed off. Zaya Brookside is doing a much better job at Tiffany Stratton's character than Tiffany Stratton is. Yeah, well, well, yeah. All right. Dave Mastiff gave Jack Stars some challenges in order to earn a ring jacket like his. Stars had to do two hours of squats, eat dry Weetabix, and stake through the uh, throughout the the performance center. Stars refused to do the streak. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this this was a bit of comedy, and it missed for me. This was not very funny. I didn't laugh once. Uh, I you, you respect the attempt, you know what I mean? But yeah, uh, swing and a miss on this one. Yep. Emilia McKenzie versus Angel Hayes. This match went four minutes, 58 seconds. Uh, Emilia McKenzie hits Hayes with a face buster for the win. Short, simple, to the point. Emilia gets the win. Yeah, pretty average WWE match. But yeah, she basically reversed like a Rey Mysterio style Casador into kind of like a glam slam, I think you would say. And uh, that was the finish there. So I, I thought this match was pretty solid. Uh, nothing wrong with it. Nothing particularly right with it. We're going to go two and a half supernovas out of five for this one, buddy. Yep. And then in, in, a, in a very weird twist, I didn't see this coming. But Nathan Frazier challenges Ilya Dragunov to a match for his NXT UK championship. He beat Teoman, but I want that fucking match with Charlie Dempsey. God damn it. Same. And I'm sure they'll get to it eventually. Like, Fraser is not going to win the title, right? So maybe this is just something to do in a couple weeks because Fraser's doing such good work. He deserves the title shot. I understand that. But I agree with you wholeheartedly. Give me Nathan Fraser versus Charlie Dempsey or give me a grim death via the Black Plague. All right. <laughs> <laughs> reflects on his loss to Frazier with the rest of the Familia. Charlie Dempsey said the loss could bring them closer together. Stevie Turner made her entrance as this leads us to the next match of the night, which was Stevie Turner versus Myla Grace. This match went four minutes, 35 seconds. Uh, Stevie Turner hit a kick and a side slam for the win. Yes, just to briefly go back to uh, the D Familia promo. I really like the production on these D Familia promos. They really seem like a movie, you know what I mean? And it's it's very unique. In, and nothing is produced like those in NXT UK. So I, those always stand out like that a lot. Stevie Turner wins a pretty basic, boring-ish match with a side effect. Shout out Matt Hardy. Yep. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba, where the hell are we? Oh, yeah. Uh, Miko Setamora, they're going to have a celebration for her on this week's show. Uh, we get a hype package for the NXT UK Tag Team Championship match that has Mustache Mountain facing Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter. We also got an announcement that Zaya Brookside would face Amal this week. Yes, uh, coming up soon, Thursday. That'll be a fun match, actually. Both of those uh, combatants, performers, I think are pretty solid. Uh, yeah, just to uh, cross our T's and dot our I's, the previous match, I would go two Supernovas out of five bars for that one. Every match has gotten slightly worse on this show so far. Yep, and then the main event, they did give this match a lot of time, um, So this, but but like we said, this this episode just felt like it was mainly promos, uh, story progression, um, nothing wrong with that, but just, you know, NXT UK, I'm used to three awesome matches, not like, you know, three squashes and a very good main event, because the main event or was 
Jordan Devlin versus Wolfgang. Sorry. Yeah, no, fine. Very, very good main event, though. It was a good match. It went a little too long. But yeah, or if not, you're going to get, if not two or three great matches, what you're going to get is an incredible promo or at least a very interesting, unique feeling promo package. And maybe we were just getting spoiled, but they did try it this week with the uh, the Jack Stars and Dave Mastiff thing. They took a shot at like a unique, funny thing. It just didn't quite work out. So I, I still think that you're getting those every week. It just, not you, you can't, you know, you can't fucking score a three-pointer every time, Boris. Exactly. Exactly. You really can't. All right, so this uh, Jordan Devlin versus Wolfgang, it went about 13 minutes and 50 seconds. Like you said, it did go a little long. Devlin with the win after a 450 splash. I like this match overall. Same. If we were, I would say it's right up there with Ciampa versus Ziggler. Ciampa versus Ziggler is probably a little better, but it was a kind of similar feeling match, and I uh, liked it a lot. Two veteran wrestlers having a solid wrestling match in there in the main event of a TV show. I would go three and a half supernovas out of five for this one. Devlin wins with the 450, like you said. Yeah. I'm actually shocked um, because I legit thought we were going to see the Coffee Brothers and then maybe some Noam Dar and Shaw Samuels to like set up a six-man, but yeah. uh, no, they, they kind of just let this match go clean that's true that that is interesting i i am expecting that down the road but i guess yeah we can get there in a week or two yeah so yeah so yeah that's the that's that's the match matt how would you rate it oh yes sir yeah i think i already said three and a half if i did not out of five supernovas yeah solid match kind of probably the second best match on the podcast today buddy yeah probably all right so that is three nxt shows four hours of nxt one hour of Ugh. us talking about everything yes we watched four hours of nxt yeah, can't promise that we're going to watch Level Up every week. I, I I love UK, though. I'll definitely watch UK every week. And uh, 2.0, that's basically why we're here, buddy. So I'll probably be watching that one every week as well. Exactly. All right, so SNME listeners, we have a bunch of shows still coming up this week. The Midweek Markout is out already. Came out a little earlier today, today being Wednesday. Thursday, you're getting BAM! We're going to be talking some impact, we're going to be talking some sports, we're going to be talking some uh, some what's new in the life of Matt and Boris. Then on Friday, we have the old Fs coming back at you with All Elite Weekly talking all things AEW Dynamite. And this leads us into Saturday, our Dose Show Saturday, where we have the smack daddies talking all things smackdown and thank you smack daddies for taking over the elimination chamber after cast you guys thank you for that because uh there was no way in hell i was gonna do that um and then at night we typically have the rampage rollout as dark side of the elite chat all things aew rampage and this leads us into sunday when mike mcguire is back chatting with dave Meltzer, chatting the week that was pro wrestling Yes, sir. Yeah, lots of good things coming up. We might have a little interview ski for you tomorrow on BAM. Uh, we're working on that. We'll get back to you. But yeah, lots of things coming down the pike, buddy. I think on sports-wise, we're going to talk a little Zion Williamson and maybe a little Martin St. Louis coaching the Habs. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for uh, supporting the team. Uh, keep it locked here. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Thanks for listening. Until BAM, we'll chat later. <laughs>